Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Uh, we're talking about the bronze laver uh, tonight, uh, a simple piece from the temple, but yet a very important piece that has some uh, really good symbolisms and metaphors or even applications uh, for us. So I got a short video uh, for you. Uh, let's watch this video. It just kind of goes over the, the bronze labor. It's about a minute or so. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water, that they die not, or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, that they die not, and it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. Did you catch what the narrator said? If they didn't wash, what would happen to them? That'd be pretty bad. That'd be a tough job. Either take a bath or die. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe some parents, when, you, when, you, when us guys, I don't know about girls, right? When you're adolescents and you don't think you need to take a bath. Have you ever had a kid who didn't think they needed to take a bath? Joe, was Chris that way? He didn't. Is he that way? No, 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 he's not. <laughs> and as a parent, you might have said, you better take a bath or you're going to die. Not really. All right. You're going to sleep outside of the doghouse because you smell just like that dog. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so the bronze laver. Uh, yeah, let me just jump, let me just jump, jump into it. Uh, Going off of its name, of course, and what the scripture says, it was made of bronze. Uh, something I mentioned, uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure I mentioned it this past Sunday. So when you come to the tabernacle, you know, you have outside furnishings and you have inside furnishings. Uh, the outside furnishings uh, was made of brass, uh, the in, or bronze, excuse me, was made of bronze. The inside furnishings was made of gold. And something that I was bringing out Sunday that I just want to repeat because this article, this furnishing was made of bronze is how bronze represents in this setting uh, mercy and grace and how before you got, before you was able to get uh, into the gold of God that was actually inside the tent of meeting, you're going to have to go through the bronze of God. So before you can get to the presence and the relationship of God, you got to go through the death, uh, salvation, 
and the work of the Holy Spirit. That is one of the things that bronze uh, represents. But we also have to remember you find bronze in Revelation, and bronze is also connected to judgment. And so what we do know is that bronze in this context and how it is applied to us represents the grace and mercy of God and how we are redeemed by the grace and mercy of God, but how that mercy and grace is going to turn into judgment when we come to the end times that Revelation speaks of. So we have to take that into consideration uh, that the mercy and grace of God is not going to last forever as we know it. Does that make sense? But this piece was made of bronze, and it, it was a second in the process to get to the most holy place or inside the temple. The first was the, uh, the altar of sacrifice, which was, it was made of wood but had a bronze coating. And that was the first. That was the first uh, point of order. Uh, and then you came to the laver. And it was the second point of order. It's also very interesting that from this point forward, from the labor forward, only priests could work this. That the general population of Israel could not work beyond the altar of sacrifice. They was involved in the altar of sacrifice at times. But they could not work beyond this point. Beyond this point required the work and the efforts of the priests to do what they did on behalf of the people. So it was as if the priest became them and his work represented them and his actions was done on behalf of them so that what he did, did could mean they could be saved. Amen? Forgiven, redeemed, and so forth. So another thing is is this bronze piece, and I think I have a second slide for this. Uh, I, I want to look at this one. Uh, if you jump inside of Exodus and read that, you will see that the laver, the bronze laver, was, was not coated in wood. It was pure bronze, but it was actually made from the mirrors who, who, of the women who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. Now, these mirrors, ladies or men, is not the kind of mirrors that we think of today. They were actually pieces of bronze. And if you kind of can see the silhouette there or, or, or the photo that's kind of dim, that's actually a three examples of bronze mirrors. And so they had these pure bronze pieces that they shine to the best of their ability. And it gave just a little bit of a reflection of themselves. They could see just a little bit of themselves uh, with these mirrors. And it's very, very interesting that these bronze mirrors is what was used to create this, this, this labor, okay? And so one of two things happened, or maybe both. Either the mirrors were melted uh, in order to form the labor, or and the mirrors was beat in order to form uh, the bronze laver. But also what's very interesting is the connection to what we're talking about tonight to 2 Corinthians 3.18. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, 
I don't have it up there, but I'll read it to you. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is very, very interesting because in 2 Corinthians, it's talking about holding up a mirror. And when you are looking in this mirror, instead of you seeing you, you are seeing the glory of God. And the more you walk with God and the more you look in this mirror, the more you are transitioning into his image and and, and stepping away from your image. As you are being led, as you are being convicted, as you are being transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit, which he says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord at the end of of Corinthians 3.18. Now, I find that very cool and very interesting. And, it sh- and this connection kind of reveals to us one of the meanings and metaphors of the bronze laver. Because inside the bronze laver was reflection. And there was a double reflection. There was the reflection of the bronze, but there was also the reflection of the water. And what it represented that through the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, because we're going to get to the Holy Spirit in, the, in a minute, through the washing, through the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, we are transitioning and we are changing from glory to glory just as the Holy Spirit works in us. find that very, very cool because think about it this way. This was the last step before they actually entered into an area to where relationship began. Relationship did not begin in the outer courts. Relationship is beginning in the inner courts, okay? And in order to begin relationship in the inner courts, and I'm talking about relationship with God, their image had to be restored to the original image that God created them with. God created humanity in his image, but sin or the choice of sin changed the image of humanity to look like sin as opposed to look like God. But the cleansing of this water represented by the work of the Holy Spirit in us that we were going back to the original image as we went from glory to glory. So what was really happening is the priest on behalf of the people was getting their image ready to step into the place where they can develop a relationship with God. Man, boy, y'all slap somebody and say, yeah, that's good right there. You don't think so, I do. So we, we, we come, come to the water now. So it had cleansing water in it. This is not holy water. It's not, 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 not what they, they teach in, 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 other, uh, in other religions or beliefs. <clears throat> This is not bathing water. They, they didn't get inside this laver and give themselves a bird bath, all right? Not like they got inside of it. But <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they had like robes on them. It's not like they hiked their robe up and be like, let's splash some water. It's sweaty there today, boys. Let's, let's, let's splash some water up there. <laughs> so they, didn't, they didn't do nothing like that. <laughs> Some of you are shaking your head. You, you know you're thinking it. You know you're thinking it, right? Or maybe not. I think it. I think. Uh, are you giving me this, Emily? All right. I, I, my wife normally does that. Now I got somebody else's wife doing that. 
I know all about bird baths because on mission trips, check this out. Chris, you might experience this, brother. On mission trips, sometimes you don't have the luxury of a body bath. So what you have to take when you don't have the luxury of a body bath is a bird bath. And you know what a bird bath is? It's when you're standing over a bucket of water and you're getting as much water as you can. And you just, that, that, that's a bird bath on a mission trip. And I tell you what, everybody stinks on a mission trip. Pretty girls stink, tough guys stink, and anybody in between stinks. Old ones stink, young ones stink. You stink on a mission trip because guess what? Bird baths just don't take away the stink. You guys ready for me to move on? All right, I'll move on. I'll move on. So get back to the point. Are you want me to keep on, Emily? You, you, you want me to keep on? No? All right, she ain't saying nothing now. All right, back to the point. So what this really was, it was a ceremonial cleansing. So the priest only cleansed certain parts of their body. You know, it wasn't under the robe. Uh, it, was just, um, it was just certain parts of their body. And as you heard and I mentioned in the beginning, it was extremely important because if they did not do that, then it meant death. And it had to be done every single time. So now check, check this out. So it wasn't a whole being cleansing, like a full body cleansing. What happened at the first point, the first order of process, with the fire, with the blood, with the fire and the sacrifice, that was a total being, uh, being cleansed. That was a total body bath, all right, in, 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 in the spirit. Because of what happened with the death of a lamb, because of what happened with the fire of the offering, because of what happened with the blood of that animal and how it represented Jesus Christ dying on the cross and sins are made white as snow, that was a total whole being bath. The burnt altar created a whole being cleansing. Now we come over to the laver, and you have water that does the cleansing. One of the things that water represents in Scripture is the Holy Ghost. One of the things that the Holy Ghost does in our life is continually cleanse us. Because guess what? Just because our inner being is saved, just because we receive the Spirit of Jesus that has transformed the inside of us, guess what? We still deal with flesh. And we can be saved by grace, and we can be saved by the ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ, but yet we still contend with flesh. And let's just be real. Sometimes flesh wins. Right? So what this labor represents, the ceremonial cleansing by the water or by the Holy Spirit represents a continual cleansing of the Holy Spirit in one's life prior to entering into the holy place of God. Another connection is Ezekiel 47. So Ezekiel 47 talks about uh, going to 
different depths of water. It says water at the ankles, water at the knees, waters at the waist, and waters that could not be passed. Now, what that is a representation of, and I cannot get into that, is the waters in that passage represent the Holy Spirit. The different levels that one walks inside that chapter chapter also represents different levels that one walks with the Holy Ghost because there's different levels of our spirituality. Paul alludes to that a little bit. He alludes to an elementary level, but then he alludes to a mature level. And so the water in Ezekiel 47 represents different depths that one goes to have different levels of relationship with God. And the water inside the laver also represents the Holy Ghost that transforms us from glory to glory, from depth to depth. Does that make sense? So let's move on to, to, to uh, a couple other things. Again, tonight's going to be quicker than I thought it was. I should have added some more furnishings in here. So let's look, the over, let's look at the overall uh, outside furnishings. So we have the blood, not the, we have the fire, and we have the water. And these three all work within the bronze furnishings. So the blood is the death of Jesus Christ. It works within the mercy and grace of God. We have the fire. Again, it's the burning away of sin. It's the sanctifying of our soul, not based off of our deeds, but based off of Jesus Christ's deeds. Fire also purifies. It's a type of purification to our soul. But that doesn't happen with outside of the bronze furnishing or the bronze altar. Again, it happens because of the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. And then we have the water. The water represents continual cleansing by means or by directives of the Holy Ghost. Again, that happens because of the mercy and grace. It is surrounded by the mercy and grace of God for you and I. Amen? So this leads us to the next part of the tabernacle which is about relationship and intimacy with God. Remember, we're going from bronze to gold. Bronze representing the works of God, the work of the Son and the work of the Spirit. The work of the Son has to do with the altar. The work of the Spirit has to do with the bronze laver. Okay, but now we're going from bronze into gold. We're going to jump into gold next week. Gold represents a relationship with God and the presence of God by means of truth. So when you jump inside the actual tent of meeting, you have the, uh, uh, the table of showbread. That bread represents truth. You don't have a relationship with God without truth. His truth. And then we have uh, the altar of incense. The altar of incense was another golden object. And the altar of incense 
represents worship unto God. The Bible talks about an incense burning up unto the Lord, that it's a sweet smell into the nostrils of our Lord. Okay? You don't have relationship or you don't have intimacy without worship. And then we have uh, the seven-piece candlestand, the menorah, the seven-piece uh, menorah, which represents Jesus Christ, the light of the world, but it also represents the ministry in which we are called to. Because within the candlestand, you have oil and you have fire, which is a representation of the anointing that God has called you to and the fire of the Holy Spirit that makes that anointing work. Right? Going back to Revelations number two, uh, uh, God told uh, the Ephesus church that, hey, if you don't change your ways, then I will remove your lampstand from you. What was he meaning? He was meaning, I will remove your gifts. I will remove your anointing. I will remove your power if you don't come back to your first love. The anointing, the power, the spirit, the ministry is always associated with making sure God is your first love. If you do it without being in love with God, you're doing it in the process and the confines of religion. Am I making sense? So that's, we jump into the gold. We go from bronze to gold. The gold of truth, the gold of worship, the gold of ministry or service, and then the gold of God's presence. Because then you get into the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was held that nobody had access to, I think except for one time of the year, a priest. And if the priest didn't have everything right, he would die in there. And that is where the shakar. Kind of glory. The Shekinah glory is the glory uh, that, that Israel experienced when the Bible says they were led, by, led with a fire by night and a cloud by day. The Shekinah glory is a fire by night and it is a cloud by day. But you don't get to the gold of God. You don't get to what is most valuable unless you go through the bronze. And the bronze of mercy and grace. And other, the Bible says, or Jesus said, nobody can come to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the outside. And if you want to get inside the presence of God, you got to focus on Jesus. Amen. you got to understand and receive the sacrifice that Jesus made. you got to allow yourself to be continued cleansed by the Holy Ghost. You're never going to be perfect. Look at somebody and say, you're not perfect and you'll never be perfect. Amen. But you have to allow yourself to be continually cleansed by the Holy Ghost, worked by the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Ghost, and then the Holy Ghost takes us to the place to where the gold of God Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.